Good afternoon. Rakesh Patak is Head of History and Politics at Felsted School. After graduating from Oxford, Rakesh taught at Forest School in London before joining the Felsted family in 2006. Rakesh is the founder and editor-in-chief of the school's annual Cromwellian magazine and in recent years has become chair of the pupil-led Equality and Diversity Committee. Rakesh is also a keen sportsman, particularly enjoying cricket and has a passion for music as well. Good afternoon, Rakesh. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Simon. Yeah, great privilege to be with you this afternoon. Fab. I thought we'd kick off. We talk about developing individual character at Felstead. We talk about that a lot, as you know. What's, what's been the biggest moments in your life or career to date where your sort of individual character has been defined or, or other people have, been, who've, have influenced you? I think most teachers could probably name a teacher that's influenced them. And I'd be no exception there, Simon. I'd go back to kind of a sixth form history teacher I had, Mr. Best, who was a, a, a great influence on me, particularly just in terms of, you know, he created a, a lovely atmosphere in the lesson where everybody was valued. And, you know, I've, I've, I've taken a lot from that in my own teaching. Then I think, Simon, I, I found as I, as I got older that it's sometimes the older you get, maybe I'm kidding myself, but maybe the older I get, you sometimes think you become a bit of a better teacher because you're bringing your life experiences to bear in the way that you teach. So, you know, from kind of parenthood, married life, et cetera, et cetera, you know, I've, I, I feel I've, I've brought a lot of those experiences with me into the classroom over the last, you know, 20 odd years. Hopefully that's made me better teacher. <laughs> I'm sure it has. I know it has. Yeah. yeah. Can you think of going back to Mr. Best? Were there any particular lessons or topics or moments of history that really influenced you or just really interested you? I think if, if I'm really, really honest, Simon, I was a kind of a captive audience from year seven onwards because I, I loved history even when I got to year seven. So, you know, I think whatever kind of history teacher I would have had, um, I would have loved history. I mean, I got really into history by my granddad, who had a big collection of history books and fought in World War II and would kind of sort of regale, we, regale me with stories when I was a, a little bit younger. So, yeah, by the time I got to secondary school, I was a, I was a, a, a real history buff. And it was always something you wanted to go on and study at, at university as well? I think so. I probably lack a bit of imagination, Simon. So I, I think even when I was in sick form, I was thinking of teaching. I would do... Looking back on it, probably today you might call it coaching, mentoring um, of kind of other students in my classes to help them along. So, yeah, I, I can't think, Simon, of many other jobs I'll be that good at, if I'm totally honest. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I've, I've always felt I've had a kind of good vocation for teaching, if I can put it that way. Brilliant. Well, the pupils of Felsted are very lucky that you, you feel that way or felt that way because we, we're reaping the benefits of it. So, I mean, obviously, also at Felsted, we, we educate the children here to, to aim to make a difference to, the, to those around them and the world around them. Now, you'll definitely make a difference in your teaching role, as we've just been talking about, but perhaps even more so, potentially, as, as chair of the Equality and Diversity Committee at Felsted now. What inspired you to do this? And, and secondly, could you tell us a bit more about its aims and objectives? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think probably first up, probably calling me the chair, Simon, is I would probably prefer to see myself maybe as more the kind of facilitator of a kind of group of students, really, who in the wake of the murder of George Floyd last year, 
um, were really energised on this issue. And really it was the kind of students taking the initiative and as a teacher feeling that, you know, there should be a teacher response and, and maybe some teacher input to, to maybe guide what the students wanted to do. It's always been an issue I've been interested in and cared about in terms of the kind of history we've been teaching. You know, we've been teaching, or I've been teaching black history for 25 years now, so it, it's something I'm, I'm really, really interested in. And I, I grew up in the 70s and 80s. You know, I've always felt I've got some, some personal experiences, for what it's worth, that I, I can bring to the table. Excellent. Thank you for that. And when, we, when it was first established last year, now the, the committee consisted of around 25 pupils, I think was right, old, old Felstedians and teachers and obviously current pupils. Now, is that still the case? Has it, has it grown at all? And what are the positive impacts that it's having? We've got a group now of about 30 to 35 students and staff. We meet every Tuesday break time. And yeah, I'd like to feel we've done a lot of good things so far. I mean, I, I, I should at this point probably give a bit of a name check to Dara, who I, I think has done one of these podcasts as well. And, you know, I, I think without his input and help, we wouldn't be in, in nearly as good a position as we are now. You know, he, he's been absolutely in, instrumental. So what, what we do on a weekly basis is you know, just really provide a bit of a space for students to talk through any issues they'd like to, you know, have a bit of a chat through about things. Sometimes I'll pose a question. So today we were talking about, you know, what a truly inclusive and diverse school might look like in the future. So we were talking about, you know, in in future years, you know, would Felstead have a perhaps a black headmaster? Um, going down the line and you know you know are we as a community kind of ready for a change like that so that those are the kind of things we we do on a weekly basis we've run assemblies run kind of black history month competitions we're looking to organize a school-wide event next term that we're planning at the moment but yeah so hopefully we're 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 starting to you know kind of put down a few roots within felsted within the felsted community what does, the, uh, what does the event for next term look like? Or is that a top secret at the moment? Well, top secret slash in the planning stage, Simon, at the moment. I, I, I think at the moment, the discussions we're having, we, we, we want to make it educational, but we also want to make it a good, fun, kind of entertaining night for the boarders at Felsted as well. And it's kind of marrying those two together. Sounds, sounds... Yeah, got great faith in the students in the committee. That we'll, Great. We'll I'm, I'm sure the, it'll come. I'm uh, sure it'll the right combo. It'll all come together brilliantly, I'm sure. Now, at the launch of the Equality and Diversity Committee, I know you, you sent out a survey to staff and students in order to find out how well we were doing as a school, really, in terms of being that welcoming, because that is one of our values, of course, welcoming, and an inclusive community for all. Was that a useful exercise in terms of understanding where we were uh, and what did we learn from the results of that? It was a very interesting survey, Simon. I think not least because we got you know, large number of responses from pupils and from staff as well. So from kind of you know, all, all members of the community. And I think in some ways, I think as for a lot of institutions that have gone through this process, I think it was just a little bit of a wake up call for us as, a, as an institution that as teachers, we can sometimes feel, you know, we're doing a good job. You know, we say the right thing, we know what good behaviour is. And I think one of the things that came back is 
that you know, perhaps when there isn't the teacher or the adult in the room, you know, there can sometimes be, you know, those are, you know, that's often when comments are made and when things are said. I think what also came back is, you know, some students within the school community, you know, felt that they perhaps could have been more valued and treated more sensitively than they have been. So it, it, it's, been, it's been a really good starting point for us as a community. Um, I think the, the, the first step towards making the school more welcoming is to be honest with ourselves and say, look, you know, we're doing okay, but we could do even better. Yeah, and I think that's vital for all of society. And I'm glad that we, you know, it's so important that this committee and obviously being led by the pupils and yourself are, are, are challenging that because we talk about the prep school in particular about this active good behaviour. And I think that's key to all of this in making sure that everyone does feel welcome all of the, all of the time. Now, the last, you know, two years in the educational world have, I think the words challenging have been, chall- has been challenging in so many ways for all of us, of course, as well with, with COVID. But what do you think are the biggest challenges when trying to educate young people about the importance of equality, diversity, inclusion? Because there are challenges there. What would you suggest they are? I think there's a number of challenges. I think um, a big challenge for all schools is the wider political debate. You just need to, you know, spend a bit of time on social media. Every debate at the moment is us versus them. You know, whether it's kind of, you know, on on what, you know, almost on whatever topic it is. And, And that can feed into, you know, debates within school. So, you know, for instance, if you talk about inclusivity, for let's say black and minority ethnic students then white students can feel oh does that mean I'm less valued because you're now giving you know we're now having more of an emphasis on inclusion for you know perhaps members of a different community or ethnicity and I think it it, it, that can be a challenging message to get out that you know no nobody is saying that any one particular group should matter less than anybody else. We're just trying to raise, you know, raise the bar for everybody. And, you know, I'd like to feel everybody's a winner, ultimately, out of a truly inclusive, diverse school. That can be a difficult message to get out sometimes. And that's the journey journey we're all on. And it's, it's an exciting one. It really is. Now, obviously, we touched upon those, those last two years as well. What do you think, coming out of it, coming away from the inclusion and diversity side of things, what does the future hold, would you say, for education and teaching? And, and what have we learned from the last two years, would you say, just with your, your teacher hat on at the moment? I mean, I am, as befits a history teacher, Simon, I'm very old school, in, in probably in, in terms of the way I teach. I'm probably at, at, at the traditional end of the spectrum, dare I say it. So I think one of the things I've learned as a teacher in the last couple of years is that you know, the application of technology in terms of, in, in terms of remote learning, that, that's been a massive learning curve, I think, for all teachers. One of the things I've noticed going back into the classroom is the value of, you know, just kind of face-to-face dialogue and being able to have, you know, I, I think that's what, what students really missed when they were in remote learning. So I think it's almost, you know, going forward, can we marry the best of both worlds? So can we marry, you know, the, the technological benefits that we've got with some of the platforms we've got now, doing more things online and the kind of functionality that gives us with the kind of, you know, the best of the old methods? And then, you know, th- th- that for me is the way forward. 
absolutely. I mean, as, a, as the head of the junior school, you know, the head of the prep school, I mean, it, you really were, you know, aware of that social interaction. That was the key. And we just extended break time by five minutes just to, you know, when we came back into school so that they could get those communications going again and those relationships developed again from just... Yeah face-to-face rather than ahead of a screen and it really is the challenge and it's still the ongoing challenge for all of us. Now I've been following you on Twitter and I've been seeing you've been inspiring Felsteadians with your love of music uh, during lessons and sharing your playlists for Radio Reiki as it's known. Any particular tracks that have gone down well recently? Well I'd like to say Simon um, everyone's a winner on Radio Reiki. Um, (laughs) It's kind of classic every Monday morning. Yeah. I try I, I, I sort of start off with, you know, probably last year, it was more, you know, kind of songs with a um, bit of a kind of educate, something I'd link, link back to history or education. I think now I'm on to track 76. I'm kind of, I'm beginning to struggle with the educational links a little bit. But yeah, I mean, if, I mean, you know, sometimes it's just a song I like, you know, sometimes it's been something in the news. So I think last week I put a Queen song up because it's the 30th anniversary of Freddie Mercury's death. And, you know, that was an opportunity just to kind of tweet something about that. You know, sometimes it's about just creating that sense of community in a classroom I talked about earlier, that I'll play a nice song as the kids come in and they can say, sir, that's terrible, or we quite like that, or, you know, you're 46 years old, sir, should you be really, you know, we didn't know you were that trendy, that sort of thing. And it just creates a, creates a nice conversation. Absolutely. Nice, nice debate for the start of the week. Did any, has any track had a particular positive impact on teaching and learning? Would you say where something specific and really different has come out of it? I'm, I'm working on a, a couple of top secret plans at the moment, Simon. One of which is to take, I've got a couple of tracks where I'm going to change the lyrics and try and relate them to the reign of Charles II. So that, that's current, currently in the pipeline. So, um, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll report back and let you know how that goes. No, I'll, I'll look forward to listening. Yeah. Absolutely, that'd be fantastic. Now, on a, on a personal note, how does, how does Rakesh and his family like to relax? How would you spend your time away from the classroom? Just spending time with the family, really. I'm, yep, my daughter is 17, so she's currently doing A-level history. So she, she's always super keen to discuss her history with me. My son is 14, um, very into his cricket, so we're, we're getting very excited about the Ashes. And then, yep, yeah, just yeah, spending um, time at home yeah, with Catherine and the kids, trying to teach my dog how to behave, just enjoying, <laughs> enjoying family time, really. Brilliant. Um, and you mentioned the Ashes there. I know you're a big cricket fan, like myself. Have you got an Ashes? I know it starts tonight at midnight. Fingers crossed the Brisbane weather will... Um, will uh, stay fair. I know it hasn't been great over the last few weeks, but have you got any sort of Ashes predictions? Have you got a a theory on how it's going to go? If I was Glenn McGrath, I'd be saying 5-0 Australia right now. I think think neither side have any sort of any form really, do they? So it's going to be very difficult to call. Almost no precedent. You you kind of think that if England don't get something out of Brisbane, I can see it going 5-0 and it being quite a tough watch from the point of view of an England fan. So I'm going to be a pessimist. I'm going to say 5-0 Australia, secretly hoping I'm wrong. I'll go, I'll go 3-2 to England then, just to try and build up some positivity. But I think, okay. I think you might, I think yeah, you might okay. be right, though. I, don't, I, I, you, I think you're absolutely right about Brisbane. I think that's got to be key. If we, get a, if we get off to a decent start there, then it might, be, it might bode well. But otherwise, I think the writing might be on the wall. But uh, fingers crossed, the sun, we'll the see. sun will we'll shine. I hope we'll I'm see. wrong. I'm- absolutely. 
All right. Yeah. Well, thanks ever so much for your time this afternoon, Rakesh. It's been great to, to listen to you, understand a little bit about what you've been doing and, and how you've been impacting lives so beautifully at Felsted. So thank you very much for your time. And it's been great to talk to you. Yep. Well, many thanks for having me, Simon. It's been great to be on. Thank you. So that was Simon James talking to Rakesh. Thank you, Rakesh, for coming on to this episode of the podcast. Really good to hear all about equality and diversity at Felsted. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can get future notifications. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.